Hi there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, the title of my message is Learning the Kingdom. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you said that when we gathered in your name, that you are here in the midst of us. So we just want to acknowledge you right now. We thank you that you're here, that you're in fact preparing us for eternity with you, for your return, and even how you're preparing us, wanting to grow us to the place where we can be a part of what you're doing here in this day. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. He's so in love with us, and he just wants us to know. He wants us to have understanding of how to live in his kingdom and reflect who he is right here on the earth so that we can be representing him well, be an attraction for him to him, to, to him, who he is, how good he is. He wants us to show that. And the only way we can do that is to live in his kingdom right here on the earth. So we have to learn how to do that. I'll never forget when my son was born, he said, I had to learn how to live in his kingdom to receive his healing. And he said that because he said he doesn't want me to just have one prayer answered and then not have understanding of how I got that prayer answered. And, you know, we have to know how to live in his kingdom to have our prayers answered, to be in agreement with him. And not only that, he doesn't want to just answer one little prayer. He wants to bless you through and through. He wants you to live in all of his blessings. And so when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, you're really committing to him. You're saying, I want to live in your kingdom, and I'm going to learn how to do this because it is a learning thing, and I'm just going to submit to you. I'm going to bow down to your way so that you can show me and so I can represent you. That is what God wants. He is so in love with us, and he wants us to know that and to be a reflection of that, to be a reflection of the Father's love. He's so good. He's so exciting. And today, he's going to teach us how to do that. The main thing we have to do is obey him. Because if we don't obey him, we're not going to learn how to live in his kingdom. We're not going to live in his kingdom. We're going to live less than. We're going to live below his standards. He said his ways are higher than our ways. And he wants to grow us up to that place. And of course, the most important thing is to love. And, you know, to love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And then he teaches you how to love others. You have, you have a heart for him. You have compassion for him, and you see his love for his children. And so then, of course, you're going to want to love those that he loves. You're going you're gonna to grieve when he grieves. You're going to be happy when he's happy. You're just going to understand him and, and want to please him. So anyway, that is the most important law. And, you know, he he's always going to teach us his way. And, um, you know, wherever you are, when you ask him for something or when you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, he's going to start directing you down that narrow path that many people aren't on because they don't want to be told what to do, maybe. Because they want to just do it themselves or they're deceived. There's so many reasons. But we want to be on that narrow path so that we can represent him. And, you know, how does that go? Anything good is worth fighting for. And this is good. He is the precious pearl. And you want to fight to live in the kingdom of God because he is the answer. He is. The wide path isn't the answer. The wide path leads to destruction. And so we have to let him teach us how to live in his kingdom. So I'm going to read to you James 2.10. For whoever keeps the whole law and stumbles and offends in one single instant 
has become guilty of breaking all of it. He who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not kill. If you do not commit adultery, but you do kill, you will become guilty of transgressing the whole law. And so if we break one law, we've broken all the laws. So we have to get our ducks in a row. We have to get all our ducks in a row. You can't be doing one thing and then not the other thing. You break one law, you do everything that God is telling you to do, but this one thing you have trouble with, or you don't want to do it, or you don't think that you got to do it, then you broke all the law. And, you know, when you ask God to correct you, he's going to show you where you have broken law. Recently, he just showed me something that I was doing that was breaking his law. And when you break one law, when you're seeking to have a prayer answered, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can't live in his kingdom if you break one law. My mom was asking God to take her to heaven, and she, he said she wasn't ready because she had to learn to love first. She broke the law of love. I'll never forget when my son um, was, I took him down for his first checkup at Children's Hospital, and um, they said he had to have emergency surgery. And I had committed to hear the word and hear the word and hear the word. And I couldn't understand what was happening. You probably heard me tell the story before. But, you know, when everything was said and done, I said, God, what in the world happened? I was hearing your word day and night, day and night, day and night. And he said, you have to not only be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. You can't be a heedless hearer. I believe it says that in James 1.22. Be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception and reasoning contrary to the truth. If anyone listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he's like a man who looks carefully into the mirror, his own natural face, and he thoughtfully observes himself, and then he goes off and promptly forgets what he has, what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, and preserves in looking into it, being not a heedless listener, but forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in all of his doings of obedience. And that's what God was saying to me. You know, when I was growing up in faith, and I think we go through stages, I, I, I learned from people I hung out with, you know, sometimes you pick up on hearsay, what people are saying, and God understands that I can't do that. It's okay. I'm okay with God. He gets that. It's just impossible for me right now. And I think I was about at that place, and I was thinking that, you know, it was okay that I didn't do everything God said. My mom thought it was okay. She didn't love because she was so hurt. You know, it wasn't fair what was done to her. And so then we think, well, it's okay. God gets it. It's impossible for me to do this. And it's impossible for us to do anything without God. He is the one who does it in us. We decide we're going to obey him and then he does it. So I'm giving you heads up on this. If you're thinking that you obey all the law, but there's just a few things that you can't do. You can't forgive this one person because what they did to you was so hurtful, so terrible that they don't deserve your forgiveness. And I want to tell you, Jesus said seven times, 77 times a day. And I want to tell you, Jesus forgives you of your mishap, your shortcomings, the things that you have done. 
to hurt others. The things that you had, what the things that you did that you need forgiveness for, he forgave you and he expects you to forgive. And you know, that is the biggest thing I think where people miss it is they think they don't have to forgive. Someone hurt them and they think that it's fine. They don't have to forgive. So anyway, in looking at the guiltless law into the law of liberty, when you look at God's word and you are taking heed, you're purposefully wanting to take heed to his word. When you're looking at the law, always looking at God and wanting to do it, you're really serious about serving God and he's going to be faithful to show you where you're missing it. But if you just don't really care and you just think, well, it doesn't matter. God's law isn't important. And he gets it like we were talking about. I don't have to do it. You're going to have chaos and crisis in your life like never before. You know, I went through a crisis because I thought, and it doesn't matter what we think, proof positive, I thought I was good with God. But he said I wasn't a doer of the law. And I'll be willing to bet I don't remember I will be willing to bet that I had unforgiveness towards someone because really that is the hardest law to learn and his his um, kingdom revolves around that law of love. And we can only learn that law when we decide to love him and take heed and look into that mirror without looking back. Look into that mirror. Look into his law and decide that you're going to do it and you're going to be you're not going to be a heedless listener, but you're going to be a doer of the word. And then you won't go wrong because wherever you're off track, he's going to show you. He is faithful and he's going to show you. And so, you know, so many of the times people wonder why God isn't doing this. And he did it for Susie, but he didn't do it for me. Or he did it for Frank, but he didn't do it for me. We have to do his law. If we don't do his law, we're not right with him. And that's what he was showing me that day. I mean, he had done tons of favors for me before I ever knew what I was learning that day. And he was teaching me that I had to live in his kingdom by obedience. And if I didn't do that, there was really nothing he could do. In fact, when my son was born, he told me there wasn't anything he could do because I was disobedient to him. And when we're disobedient to him, we can't live in his kingdom. We're not covered by the blood because when we're disobedient to him, we're not in agreement with him. And so his, his, his way is higher than our way. I can't explain to you everything, but I do know that he expects us to grow up. And as we do that, he expects us to be obedient to him. You know, Jesus, this, and this doesn't only affect here and now, it affects our eternity. I shared with you what he said to my mom. I want to read to you in Matthew 7, what he said that has to do with our eternity. And in Matthew 7, verse, let's see, where am I? Wrong side. Matthew 7, verse 20, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? and driven out demons in your name, and done many mighty works in your name, and I will say to them openly, publicly, away from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. 
And so when we disregard his command, when we don't think that we have to do anything, um, he's going to reject us on that day because we're rejecting him. And that's what he wants us to know. He's coming. He wants us to be prepared for his return. He's coming. He wants us to magnify him. And we do that by obliging him, being obedient to him. When we do what God is telling us to do, we're going to naturally walk on that narrow path in his kingdom. We're going to look like him. We're going to represent him. Um, and we're also going to be showing others who God is. We're going to be preparing for our eternity with him. I want to read to you what we're supposed to look like in Deuteronomy 28. It says, if you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commands, I will command you this day. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city, in the field, in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your beasts, increase of your cattle, the young of your flock. Um, blessed shall be your basket, your kneading through. Blessed will you be when you come in. Blessed will you be when you go out. But the Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you, to be defeated before your face. Um, they shall come out against you one way and flee from you another. The Lord shall command that the blessing upon you in your storehouse and all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord gives you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, of your livestock, and of your ground in the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And the Lord shall open to you his good treasury in the heavens to give rain and land in season and bless the work of your hands, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. He'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only, and you shall not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the voice of the Lord your God, I'll command you this day and be watchful to do them. And then verse 14 talks about if you don't, you will live under the curse, because if you don't, then you're not living with God on his side. You're not committed to him. You haven't... Um, taking heed to his way. And so he, he can't bless you. And that's what he was saying to me the day that my son was born. I don't think I finished that. But he was born with a birth defect, and God said there wasn't anything he could do because I wasn't obeying him. And so it's not that God doesn't want to answer your prayer, but there's nothing he can do if you're not in agreement with him. John 15, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, Father is a vine dresser, and he's going to clean us up until we're in agreement with him, and then we can ask whatever we will, and we'll be proving to be true followers of his. We'll be glorifying the Father. And so, you know, I know that God does favor, and I know that the Word tells us that he does, and that um, he doesn't expect from someone what they don't know. But once you know, once you have understanding, once he start teaching, starts teaching you his way, he expects you to conform. And when you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, you're saying, I'm on your side. And I'm going to take heed to your voice. And I'm going to prove your will is good and perfect. 
And we do that, Romans tells us, by changing our thinking to be like his. And so when we ask Jesus to come live on the inside of us, and, you know, I think most people think it's just a free ticket to heaven and they don't change their lives and they don't get to live blessed and have their prayers answered. And, you know, without thinking, we make God look bad. We're, we're making him look like there's no difference to living for him or not. So when you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, God wants you to make him look good. And he wants you to submit to him, to keep his whole law so that you can be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed when you go in, blessed when you go out. And so you just bow down to him. When you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, um, your part is to bow down to him so that his will can be done in your life. And when you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, you want to read the word of God, it's his opinion. And then, like Jesus said, you want to be in agreement with him. You want his opinion to be your opinion. You don't have an opinion anymore. You live by his opinion because he's got his ways are higher than your ways. He's the boss. He's the one who can bless you. And he wants that. You know, in the beginning, he made the garden. He made everything for us. He created all the things he created for us because he loves us. We're his first fruit. And so he only wants to do good to you, and that's why he's giving you this direction. And of course, um, when you follow that direction and you make him look good, more people are going to want to live in his kingdom, and it's not his will that one should perish. That's the bottom line. He wants you to show that he is good. He wants you to be a witness. He wants you and I to be a witness for him. And so to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is you want to get to know him, bow down to him, and let him take care of you. And, you know, it can be a struggle, but all you have to do is make the decision and say, God, I want to, but I can't help me, and he will. Because living in his kingdom is living by faith. Living in heaven on the earth is living by faith, and he will help you to do that. And so if you never ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you and be the Lord of your life, and you want to do that, I want to say a prayer with you today. And... Um, you should know that he bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. He took stripes for your healing. He shed his blood for you so that you can be forgiven, be right with the Father, so that you can have eternal life with him. When you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, you're going to get filled with his spirit. And um, he's going to fill you with his wisdom, his knowledge. He's going to teach you. He's going to be your standby. The Holy Spirit is going to be there for you all the time. He's going to be right on the inside of you all the time. You'll never have to go to any outside source, but you can go to him. He has the answer for everything. The, the Holy One lives in you, and he's in love with you, and he's only going to do good for you. You can always go to him, day or night, night or day, anytime he's there. He loves you. So if you want to say that prayer with me, I would love it if you did that. Dear Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you are good and that you want good for us, and you want us to represent you. And that when we say this prayer, you expect that we are going to commit to do that, that we're just going to let you do good in our lives, and you're going to, um, we're going to let you just call us to be that witness that you called us to be, that we're going to live so happy and so overjoyed that we're going to be a reflection of you and your goodness. They will see that we are called by the name of the Lord. Help us, Lord, to live in your kingdom and show your glory. 
Help us, Lord, to manifest you and, and teach us. Teach us. We're willing. We bow down to you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Jesus said that he is knocking at the door of your heart, and if you invite him in, he will for sure come in and hang out with you and teach you his way. He loves you. He loves you. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, further in, in Matthew seven twenty one, I just feel Jesus prompting me to read that to you. And we read that on that day that when we stand before him, many are going to say, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. And he's going to say, I didn't know you, you who practice lawlessness. And then after that, it said, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house on a rock. And you build your house your life on his word, you're building your house on a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock, founded on Jesus. And everyone who hears these words of mine does not do them will be like a stupid foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great and complete was the fall of it. That's what Jesus is saying to you today. Build your house on his word, on the rock. And then doesn't matter what comes your way, um, your house isn't going to fall. I also feel prompting me to tell you that um, my name is actually Sherry. And he asked me to use my middle name. And my middle name is Lee, which means sheltered from the storm. And so he is protecting me from the storm as I go and do his work. And so when you call me Lee, it's the same as Abraham. And when we call him Abram, we're calling him father of many nations. And when you call me Lee, you're calling me sheltered from the storm. We can call those things to be not as though they were. That's how God's kingdom operates. We have to learn his kingdom. And I just gave you a little bit today, but I really gave you the bottom line. If you obey him, you're gonna be living in his kingdom. You're going to be learning how to live in his kingdom and everything that is good is going to happen for you. God is so in love with you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you said that prayer for the first time, I would so love it if you let me know. If I inspired you, I'd love it if you let me know. I have contact information at the end of my video. God bless you and thank you so much for listening today.